Take your Bibles, please. Turn to Romans 1. It'll take a while to get there. Romans chapter number 1. And uh, I have a um, fun topic for us today. And I must um, admit that it might, I do my very, very, very best for it to uh, apply to all and uh, to, to the best of my ability. But I got to say that today might not uh, fully um, apply. And uh, I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will do something in uh, any, any and everybody's heart that, um, that is uh, willing to listen. Okay, the serious topic that uh, I want to discuss this morning is something that uh, now that I've been a parent now for 12 years, and, uh, but I have observed over the years, and you have probably no doubt are observing it as well, and that is young children not paying any attention to parents' requests. And when parents tell them to do something and they don't do that, it doesn't seem like there are many consequences for, uh, for the lack of obedience. And so this morning, here's what I want to I teach on. I want to teach on require obedience. Okay, If you have kiddos, and again, I realize that it's, um, you know, my desire would be for our entire church, everyone that's got parent, everyone that's got kids to be here this morning, but uh, ultimately um, I don't have control over that, and I can just uh, teach and preach what the Lord wants me to. And so what will happen is, is parents will tell their kids two, three, four, five, six times to do something, and uh, they don't do it, and there's really no repercussions, and ultimately there's like this uh, bribing of them. Well, hey, well, if you'll do this, you, you, know, you, can, uh, you, know, you can have a candy or something like that. Okay, and so this may or may not get even the desired behavior uh, out of the child or the grandchild or whatever the case is. Do any of you recall back in 2014, there was a fatal shooting of a young man, he was 13 years old, uh, here in Santa Rosa. His name was Andy Lopez. Any of you remember Andy Lopez? Okay, Julie, you remember that? All right, so just, just up the road here uh, in uh, Santa Rosa, California, uh, back in 2014, he was fatally shot. Um, by police who thought he, he was about to shoot them with a rifle. Remember that? It was like the AK-47. It, all it was was it was a pellet gun, remember? But, I mean, if you... Right. Yeah, and so uh, it was a toy gun. Now, I'll be honest with you, to make uh, what makes this relevant, at least for uh, this morning's lesson, is that the police told the young man to put the gun down on two different occasions, okay? And so instead, he turned it on them. If you saw the picture of the gun, uh, it looks, I mean, identical, you know, to a, uh, you know, to a legitimate rifle. And, of course, they fired upon him. He was murdered, or he was killed. Uh, he was claimed to be murdered. All this and that, okay? I don't know all the details of the situation. And it's actually still, it's gone all the way to the Supreme Court back in June, uh, and the Supreme Court is actually going to hear uh, the case. And so I don't know all the details, nor do I know if Andy even heard the commands. So I cannot say for sure if he was being, you know, in, um, uh, insubordinate. But my point this morning is, is that not so much about young Lopez's life in and of itself, but it's more about a what-if idea. And I realize that's kind of a kind of a dangerous place to be. And, you know, what if what if he had heard the police? Okay, again, I don't know. I don't I don't know all the details. I don't know all the forensic evidence. And I'm not going to try something you know before you here this morning 
at all about that. But what if he had? And what if he had denied and defied what they had said? Okay, so if that is true, then that would have cost him his life, right? If what they said, put your gun down two different times, if he heard it, whether he didn't hear it, whatever the case is, if he had and he defied it, obviously that defying of those commands would have cost the young man his life. Uh, not too long ago, I was on an airplane. Actually, my family was on an airplane. And uh, just hear me out. I remember a mother kind of preparing her son to get shot. Um, you know, beforehand, uh, they tell you to turn off all of your electronics. I mean, you've been on a plane, and they tell you to, uh, you know, you don't want to turn off your electronics, right? You're supposed to, but you don't. Okay. But the point being here uh, is that they said, hey, I want you to, uh, everyone's supposed to turn off all of their electronics. The boy did not. He was, I think he was about seven years old, sitting right in front of us. The boy did not turn off his electronics, and the mother didn't do anything about it. Okay, and then what? A couple minutes later, then they start. This was over the intercom, right? And then they start walking the aisle, right? And then one of the flight attendants uh, stopped by and said, uh, "Ma'am, you need to have your son turn off his, uh, you know, his electronic device." And then she kept walking, and the son did not turn off his electric device, and nor did the mother require it. And then ultimately, the flight attendant had to come back on their final swoop, and they said, "Son, I want you to give that, uh, you know, uh, electronic device to your parents." And so they can be turned off, and so he didn't even obey that. Instead, he just turned it off, put it away. As soon as the flight attendant walked off, turned it back on, and had it on all the way through, you know, the you know the flight and all that. And, and again, I don't know if that affects anything uh, in a you know the cockpit or not. Maybe uh, maybe William Dunn can speak more into that. I'm not sure about all of that. But the, what the point I'm trying to make is is that there was. No repercussions whatsoever for the lack of being willing to obey. And obviously the mom was also, you know, um, you know, a part of that. And so the defiance and laziness of unbelieving parents, I can understand. The reason why is because they're spiritually blind. Okay, we talked about that, what, a few weeks ago, if not even last week. But the neglect of Christian parents is what can be very perplexing to me. And uh, what is... Uh, what is so funny is the Lord knows. I mean, he is so, so, so very smart. Uh, of course he is. That kind of came out very cavalier. Wise. He knows what he's doing. And, uh, um, you know, I get up, leave very early on Sunday morning. And so I hadn't seen my family yet. And so I saw my wife. And they were running just a few minutes late. Again, I was running a few minutes late this morning to start this. So I'm sorry. Put my arm around and said, hey, baby, you're running a little bit late. And she said, well, yeah, because I had to correct your son. And it's amazing how... When my son is in trouble, he's my son, you know? And uh, when he's all sweet, that's all for Sarah's, uh, you know, praise. And I could totally agree with that, all right? But, uh, you know, so it's funny how fitting this morning is. And God's all wise and knows what he's doing. And so one might ask, what is behind the failure to require and receive obedience? Now, I'll be honest with you, I'm not completely sure. I know no one wants to hear that. Everyone wants to hear someone that is totally an expert in everything. But I'm sorry, it can't be the case. But it may be some of these observations that I wanted to share with you this morning that can help us from being permissive parents or uh, being just really permissive with the next generation. Now, we've got to be careful of requiring things that aren't our, that to people that aren't our children, things like that. I get that. Uh, and so obviously predominantly this morning is going to be 
for those that have children. Let me give you a first thought here. Uh, First thought. Requiring obedience in children is implicit or goes along with the biblical requirement that children are to obey their parents, right? Ephesians 6.1, children, obey your parents in the Lord, right? For this is right. Okay, so we know that God commands that children should obey their parents. And so what comes along with that is also an inclusion of the parent requiring it. Okay, you can, you can pull from that verse also not only should children obey their parents, but that also a parent should be uh, requiring uh, the child to obey. It makes no sense that God would require children to obey parents and yet not require parents to have their children obey. Uh, it's part of our job to teach children the glory that is found in a happy, submissive spirit to authorities that God places them under. Okay? It's actually joyous if there's, a, if there's a proper relationship there. You know, parents represent God to small children, and it is deadly to train children to ignore the commands of God. Okay? And so, uh, and I'm going to get far more practical here in the next, I don't know, five minutes or so. Okay? So, it's okay to require it. Because God requires your children to obey you, so it is it, it's you know included in that requirement would be for you and I to as well require from our children. Okay, number two, obedience is a new covenant category. It's a gospel category. So often people think of obedience as what the law. Obedience is the Old Testament. Ah, yeah, you know what? You know, you read, you start in Genesis, and you Genesis, and you get into Exodus, and you get into Leviticus, and you get all these laws, all these things that they had to do, and all the things that they couldn't do. And oftentimes people think obedience, that it's an Old Covenant kind of thing. Like those that want just all of their freedom in Christ, and again, we are free in Christ. Holy Spirit of God is the ebb and flow of our life. We ought to, uh, what maybe one person can do and others can't do, you, have to, you and I have got to be okay with that. Okay, We went through the gray area of study and I so enjoyed that. But oftentimes what will happen is, is someone that just wants to live in lasciviousness, a total free atmosphere, they say, oh, you know, all that stuff's Old Testament. It's all Old Testament. You know, things that, um, you know, maybe uh, 10, 20, 30 years ago that often the church was against. Now we're thinking, ah, well, you know, that's that's all Old Testament. No, no, it's actually New Testament. New Covenant as well as a gospel-centered way of approaching things, okay? Paul said that his gospel aim, look at at Romans 1, look at verse 5. Romans 1, verse 5. But whom we have received grace and apostleship for what? obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. Jump over to Romans 15, just a few chapters after. Romans 15. And then the next one that I'll give you is the one I love. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ hath not wrought by me to make the Gentiles obedient. By word and deed. 18, sorry, Romans 15, 18. Turn to 2 Corinthians 10, please. 2 Corinthians 10. 
2 Corinthians 10. Verse 15, or verse 5. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5. This is another aim of Paul's. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Okay? Paul told the churches there at Thessalonica, and it says, if any man obey not the word, we looked at that in our series of this epistle. Now, the direct implication of that text would have been, you know, when he was talking about how you and I ought to have a proper Christian view of work. Okay, and uh, so that would be the uh, that would be found right in that direct text there. But but that we would obey. You know, the, the, the words of the epistles, that you and I would obey the Word of God. And so the point is, is that it's not just an Old Testament thing. Okay? You and I, New Testament, New Covenant, Gospel living, okay? It's okay to require obedience. Okay? It's not a, it's not a bad word. Okay? Parents who do not teach their children to obey God's appointed authorities prepare them for a life that is out of step with God's Word. And it is a life out of step with the very gospel that they desire to emphasize. Okay? And so, ultimately, if we want our children to come to a saving knowledge in Jesus Christ, they're going to have to obey what God says is the way someone comes to Jesus Christ. Okay? They can't save themselves. They're going to have to submit, right? They're going to have to submit to the Creator. They're going to have to submit to the one that, that, that gave us the path to salvation being found in Jesus Christ. Okay, so it's not Old Testament to require your kids to obey you. Okay, it's a good thing. Let me give you another practical thing here. Number three, requiring obedience of children, it's possible. You say, yeah, you don't know my kids. It is possible. All right, to watch parents act as if they're helpless in the presence of disobedient children, uh, sometimes you just scratch your head at that. God requires that children obey because it's possible for parents to require obedience. Little children under the year of one, you can teach them, hey, this is not what we want to touch. This is not what we want to do. We don't want you to spit this out. We want you to eat those green beans, right? We want you to eat those peas. Anybody? Oh, man, I'm not a pea fan at all. Okay? But you can, okay, you can, you can teach the children, even very, you know, very, very young. Okay? Let me give you another thing here. This one is just super, super practical. Requiring obedience should be practiced at home on non-important, let's just give a different word, things, that it, so it is possible in public on consequential things. Okay, Things that in public have a consequence, you're going to want to practice in your home on things that maybe don't have big consequences. Okay, and uh, in your home as they're as they're getting older, you know, as they're as they're growing up. Again, you know, as I'm teaching this, I was just like, I wish every uh, parent in our church was here, you know, to hear me. Not that I have some PhD in uh, raising children, absolutely not. Okay, our, one explanation why children are out of control in public is because they have not been taught to obey at home. Now, people don't like hearing that stuff. Man, you're stepping on my toes. Okay, one reason for this is that many things at home do not seem worth the battle. 
Okay? It's easier to do it ourselves. It's easier to, oh, I'll just pick up the clothes. You know, I told him to do it, but you know, it's just easier for me to do it. I'm in the bathroom now. I'm, I'm just going to pick it up. It's just easier for me to do this. And listen, I like, can like totally relate to this like in my own home. Sometimes it's like, oh, I, just, I don't want to deal with it. Remember a couple of weeks ago we talked about having the same conversation dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of times. Well, guess what? There's like one time I don't want it to have the 30th time, so I'm just going to do it myself. Okay? But what happens is, is if we're doing that, if we're not requiring it in our home, then when they get out in public, then it becomes um, far more of a problem. Okay? Um, so let me give you another one here. It takes effort to require obedience. It takes effort to require obedience. But it's worth it. It's worth it. Okay, how about this? If you tell your child to stay in bed and you're already in bed and they decide that they want to get out of bed, isn't it just easier just oh just because why? You're tired, right? You don't you know you, you you don't want to have to get up and to deal with this. You don't want to get up and have that conversation again or if discipline is necessary, things like that. Uh, you know, you don't want to have to do that. You know, you're already in bed, you're already wanting to go to sleep, you're trying to turn the page on that day, and your children are still needing your parenting. I hate that. I'll be honest with you. I wish they were just like totally good after 10 p.m. It's like never, ever, ever needed me or anything like that. But that's not a reality, is it? Okay? And so it's so much easier just to say, yeah, pff, you know what? We'll just, we'll deal with this tomorrow. We're tired. You know, we can sympathize with that. But requiring obedience takes energy both physically and emotionally, okay? So what's the result if we just let it go? Well, uncontrollable children when it matters, all right? They've learned how to work the angles. They've learned that power, the mom might be uh, maybe just, is maybe too powerless, which I don't think that's ever the case in this situation, or, you know, dad's too busy. You know what they begin to learn? They begin to learn when daddy's about to explode. They begin to learn when mommy's about to explode. And so you know what they do? They learn that threshold, right? I mean, our kids, they're smart. They can learn that threshold right there. And they know, hey, if I take one more step, daddy's going to blow up. So guess what? I'm not taking that step. But they have all of this lenient room to disobey. Okay? So we've got to be careful. Uh, sometimes it's just, oh, I just don't want to deal with it this time. It's, it, it's important. Okay? And so what happens is when they begin to uh, just, they're just allowed to just do it over and over and over again, it bears, you know, really nasty fruit for everyone, okay? But the work, the work it takes to immediately can be consistent with every disobedience, it bears sweet fruit for parents, children, and others, okay? We all right? We good? Okay, let me, let me give you another practical help here. You can break the multi-generational dysfunction. Okay, what I mean by that is oftentimes you probably grew up in a, in a home where there was probably one or two things. Number one, they probably were like super angry and they blew up all the time. Or you probably grew up maybe in a home where it was very passive. Okay? Um, and so thought a lot of times you think, well, all right, well, I don't want to be the dad or I don't want to be the mom that blows up all the time like maybe you were grew up in. I, I, I don't know. You know, I don't know how, you know, the, 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 the parent that your parent was. And so what happens is it's like, well, they say, I don't want to I don't want to parent in anger. 
And so if we're not careful, we alternatively, too far pendulum swing over to just passivity, where we just allow things to go. And so here's what the good news is. The good news is that we can change. The good news is that uh, we can do things differently. Parents can learn from the Bible. Parents can learn from you know wise people what is possible, what is commanded, and what is wise, and so on and so forth. Okay, And so we can break the mold. We don't just have to be like uh, what, what, what we were raised in. Again, now maybe you were raised in where there was a beautiful balance uh, between everything in your home, and uh, praise God for that. I was not. Okay, And so sometimes we... Uh, pendulum swing uh, too far away from things. Okay, let me give you another uh, thought here. Gracious parenting leads children from external compliance to joyful willingness. Okay, uh, children need to obey before they can fully understand the faith. Okay, so here's what I mean by that. I don't mean that you have to obey so that you can be saved. What I'm saying is, is that sometimes, if we're not careful, we take the approach, ah, okay, well, this will all make sense once they trust Christ. No, no, no. They need, they need to learn how to obey even before they trust Christ. Okay? It's a great... It's great tools. You're 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 teaching your you're teaching your children from a from a very from a very young age. Some of you you're you're not married yet or anything like that, but you, you can you can take some of these things for the future. You're teaching your children from early on that once they can understand the gospel, once they can understand the faith, then you know it's easier to submit to that. Where if all we've ever said, maybe we don't say it, but all we've ever permitted was is that Johnny's perfect and he doesn't ever do anything wrong and we just let him be a hellion everywhere. You know what I mean? I'm just speaking figuratively here. Well, then there's going to come along later on and they're going to get confronted with the gospel and they're going to have a preacher when they get old enough, like me, that's going to tell them they're a mess from the pulpit. People, don't, you, you got, hey, people hate hearing that, but that's okay. Because we've been spoon-fed our whole lives. Oh, you're great, you're great. No, 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 no. We need to be, need, we need to be rescued in Christ. And so, if we're not careful, we will, we will produce a child that doesn't feel like they've ever done anything wrong. They don't ever get disciplined. They, they don't. Uh, obedience is never required. So why should I obey God? Why should I obey the gospel? Okay? And so you and I, we've got to be careful that we don't cut really, really deep ruts of disobedience that when they come to Christ, now there's all this new work of, oh, okay, now we've got to come back in here. Okay? Um, certainly the faith, can over, the Christianity can overcome those ruts. Uh, absolutely. But not requiring obedience before they trust Christ as their Savior is a folly. Okay? It is not loving them. In the long run, okay. So uh, you say, well, I got a one, two, three, four. I get all that. Still require obedience in their life, okay. Let me give you another practical thing here because we're moving on. All right, number eight: children whose parents require obedience are happier. They're happier. Now you notice how they're not in here because if I said that, they'd be like, whatever, pastor. No, they are happier. Okay? Lackadaisical parenting does not produce gracious, humble children. What does it produce? Brats. Brats, right? They're no fun to be around. 
They're not happy themselves if they're not if they're not getting what they want. Okay, they're demanding. They're disrespectful, right? And again, I'm not trying to define anyone's children. Please don't do that. I'm just defining children. Just in general, if we're not willing to engage uh, them, if we're not willing to require there to be any obedience in their life, their freedom that they think they have, guess what? It's not a blessing. It's not a blessing to themselves. And it's really not a blessing to others. It's the whole idea of, man, I am, you know, it's kind of like a boat that's rudderless. Yeah, they're free from that rudder. That's right. But they really are just wandering aimlessly. Okay? It's really to their, it's really to their detriment. Okay? Uh, they're just, they're victims to their own impulses. Rather than moms and dads and, uh, you know, sometimes there's a grandparent, you know, involved in it. Rather than giving clear-cut guidelines, there's just this, I'm just going to go off this impulse and that impulse. And uh, really, prior to Christ, you know those impulses are bent towards straight evil. And even after Christ, you know, our flesh often is still, you know, kind of running towards those types of sins as well. Okay, and so sooner or later, these happy, non-happy, just kidding, boys and girls, they're going to get crossed. Right? Something's going to happen where they don't get what they want, so on and so forth, and then the real Johnny comes out. Hopefully there's no Johnny. No, I don't think there's any Johnnies in here. Johnny's just figuratively, right? Okay? And then what does it do? It just assures misery for their life. Okay? We literally can produce just little big monsters later. We're not careful. Okay? And God, remember where God's place is. Now, again, this is like like message eight or nine in this series, okay? And God's placed you as the ambassador, the one that is shaping. What an awesome responsibility, the one that's shaping these little lives. And you say, Ryan, are you perfect in all this? All you got to do is in about five, six minutes when I'm done, all you got to do is ask that lady back there, Sarah. I am not. There's so often when I was just like, I ain't doing with it today. Nope, not today. And so the Holy Spirit's working on me too, okay? That uh, that it's good um, to Help our children, all right? And uh, so we, 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 we want them, obedience actually breeds happiness, okay? Uh, and uh, we don't want to breed, again, back to the illustration uh, earlier, we don't want them to have a horrible encounter with some authority. The illustration was the police, and because they don't know how to obey, again, I don't know if he heard or he didn't, hypothetical, okay? Uh, we want them to be able to uh, respond the proper way. Okay, now turn to Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12. I'm going to give you my my last just thought here. Okay, requiring obedience is not the same as requiring perfection. Okay, requiring obedience is not the same as requiring perfection. Since parents represent God to children, okay, especially before they can know God in themselves through the faith in the gospel. Uh, we need to show them both justice and mercy. Okay, I came home on Friday, I believe, and um, Sarah, we, we homeschool our children, and so Sarah, they were having a lesson, more so with Blake, but I, Danielle might have been a part of it, and we were trying to explain to my son the difference between grace and mercy, right? And, and they're actually, they, they look very similar. 
they have uh, often they will have similar outcomes, but they are they are actually quite different. Okay, grace would be what receiving something that we don't deserve, right? That's kind of just the simplest. I realize that grace is a person; it's Christ. But if you were to kind of define it in uh, just like tangible terms that you and I could see, it's receiving something that we don't deserve. Okay, uh, the easiest illustration would be. Uh, someone's birthday, maybe uh, maybe it's my son's birthday, and we say, hey, we're gonna uh, we're gonna have maybe a get together. We're gonna invite some of your friends, uh, and uh, but before we do that, we need to clean your room. All right, that'd, that'd be a good thing. We're gonna we need to clean the backyard, stuff like that. And if he doesn't get his room clean, you know things like that, and you've got people that are coming over, you might say, all right, let me help you with your room so I can get that clean. You don't necessarily deserve the party because you didn't follow the rules, right? I'm not like too, too crazy of a parent. They don't deserve it. But you know what you can do? You're, prob- you're going to, I mean, unless you're like diehard radical, you're probably going to allow the party to happen anyways. Maybe you go help them. You show grace, receiving something that you don't deserve. Now, mercy is what? The opposite of that. Not getting what you do deserve. Okay? And so like with that story, they can also have, there's some mercy involved in that as well. Someone might say, hey, well, you didn't do what you were supposed to do, so there should have been some form of discipline, and then you don't receive that. Okay? So you and I, what do we deserve as sinners? Where do we deserve to go? Hell, we don't like that word. That's what we deserve. But mercy, we don't get to go there. All right, or we don't have to go there in Christ. Well, the, the grace side of that coin would be, well, in Christ, where do we get to go? Heaven. Do we deserve heaven? No, only in Christ's righteousness, right? And so when it comes to when it comes to parenting, which I'm no expert, okay, um, you and I, we've got to realize that it doesn't that, that there's an ebb and flow of this mercy and grace and law when it comes to the children. Just like we looked at so many weeks ago, a proper use of the law actually ought to drive them to wanting the grace. And that's a good thing. Driving them to Christ. Okay? And so, let me say this. Not every disobedience is necessarily punished. Some are noted. Some are simply um, passed over or reproved. Things like that. There is no precise manual for this mixture, if you've got it down perfectly, your kids are all raised and they're all perfect, hey, come talk to me afterwards. You let me know what the mixture is. Okay, maybe uh, three punishments to three graces. I don't know. What, I don't know what it is. And uh, I'm sorry that I can't give you the perfect formula. But um, requiring obedience is a good thing, but that doesn't mean that you're going to ever get perfection. Children need to learn from their parents and from parenting, their parents parenting them, that the God of the gospel, that he is a consuming fire. You know what else they need to learn? They need to learn he's also full of grace and truth and mercy and compassion and loving. Look what Hebrews 12:7 says. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? Okay, so God... God will chasten his children, right? Why? Because he loves us. It's not out of hatred. It's not out of, you know, spite or anything like that. No, no, no. He will, he will chasten us. He, will, he, he, he does so out of love. But then later on in the chapter, verse 29 says, For our God is a consuming fire. 
And Paul says in 1 Timothy 1, it says, How be it for this cause I obtained mercy, I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to everlasting life. We've looked at that text even in this series. Paul says earlier, he says, Hey, I'm of sinners whom I am chief. But God shows me mercy. He is long-suffering with me. And the reason why he is so long-suffering with me is because it's going to be an example to those that are going to follow in the faith, those that are going to trust Jesus Christ later. And so our prayer is that all of our children would come to the faith at some point, that as the gospel is being presented to them, that they would realize that I can't get to heaven because my parents know, I can't get to heaven because of where I was born or what church I grew up or anything like that. They've got to come to the saving knowledge. And so what you and I want to be is we want to be a mixture of law and grace. Yes, we want them to know that, listen, when you overstep these boundaries, there's consequences. Obviously, the story we looked at at the beginning okay, is that if a police officer tells you to put down your toy gun, put down your toy gun, whether he heard him or not. There's consequences for disobedience. okay, Because we want them to be good, abiding, law-abiding citizens in our society. And so as they're in our homes, we're going to work through these different types of things. Why? So that ultimately we can show them the grace and the mercy that is found in Christ. And you are that example. There's going to be times where you show the grace and the mercy. Okay? Consuming fire, loving, compassionate, gracious God. Both of them, discipline and patience, the aim is quick, happy, thorough obedience. That's the aim. That's the aim is. You want them to obey. And sometimes you will find as they get a little bit older, grace pushes them more towards obedience. I'm finding that in our home. Sarah and I would both probably be right on line with this. My son, he's five. He hardly understands grace. Okay? He thinks he's just getting away with murder. Okay? But we still do that. Um, and uh, so just the other day he did something and he had, I had like the talk. Probably not for the 50th time yet because he's only five. That'll come later. But maybe for like the 10th time. And so he and I are talking. We're face to face. And I asked him, I said, did daddy discipline you for this? He said, no. I said, dad's showing you grace. Dad loves you. With my daughter, who's 12, oftentimes, you know, showing that mercy. He's like, hey, this is, this is, this is what was deserved, things like that that tends to really kind of motivate her to want to do right. So both of them, the balance of the law and grace, you know what it does? The aim is still for happy obedience. Okay, Not begrudging, i got to do this. No, 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 no. Happy obedience. Why? Because we're trying to help them with much bigger life things. And, um, and so you know, here's what I want to say. Parents... I know that didn't apply to everybody. We can do this. Parenting, man, it's a hard season for sure. Uh, but we can do this in Christ. Okay, We've been given a divine grace for this. And uh, you and I, if we will try to adhere uh, to it, uh, you and I will uh, be rewarded uh, richly uh, with ultimately children that glorify God and are God-fearing. Remember, you and I, we're to, uh, as Deuteronomy tells us, we're to continue to ever put the Lord before us 
because they will then love the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind. And that's, that's, really, that's really what we want. And uh, so require obedience. Okay? It's not the funnest of topics, I know, but it's a, it's a good thing. It's, it, it's what we need. And uh, I wasn't trying to you know, try any shootings or anything like that this morning before you. That's not, that wasn't the goal. Uh, it was just simply to give you an illustration to kind of get us to think about uh, how important uh, obedience is. So let's have a word of prayer. And then um, I'm always available for questions, uh, things like that. Uh, sometimes uh, if the question is, um, you know, I'm kind of still in the middle of it with my kids, I'll sometimes would pass you off to maybe someone that has children that are grown or basically grown and where, where we can get uh, more advice on that. And um, maybe I should have even opened it up to uh, people to be able to talk, but uh, that didn't happen this morning. So, But if you'd, if, if you'd like more clarification on some things, please don't hesitate to ask. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, uh, Lord, for uh, your word and certainly a very kind of just topical thought that we uh, tried to flesh out a little bit here this morning. And uh, Lord, I know that I, I need your grace personally when it comes to even requiring sometimes obedience. Lord, I don't mind admitting before our people that sometimes it's just easier just to just to let it pass, just to move on to something else. And uh, Lord, I pray that it, the Holy Spirit would, would work in our hearts and in our lives to uh, really see the importance of obedience, not so we can be some law-driven parents, uh, but instead that um, it would really show their need for grace. If everything was just lawless around us, we would never really know that, that, that we need Christ. And uh, Lord, so I pray that we would this morning see the balance between the law and grace and see the beauty in both of them. And uh, Father, I pray that you'd be with our